podcast family. Happy anniversary. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. My name is Kanji. I'm Tara. And this is our one year anniversary episode. Wild. Crazy to think about. We've been doing this for a year. And it's been the best year of my life. Oh, me too. I know. You know, what's funny is my husband's in the background listening to this while we're recording it. And he's like, really, this is the best year. (laughs) This is the one you chose. (laughs) (laughs) So on this anniversary episode, we would like to um, recognize and acknowledge you podcast family for sticking with us through thick and thin. This is just the beginning. But this episode, we realized that we have some new members to our listening family. And so we wanted to take a moment to share some of our favorite episodes and some of your favorite episodes, podcast family. Fun fact, our podcast debuted last week on another super important day. And Tara, that's your son's birthday. It, yes, sir. last year it debuted on Gage's birthday. I had two social media posts that day and one was happy birthday, Gage. And the second one was, here's the new thing I birthed. Come check out my podcast, guys. <laughs> it was It was cool. So thinking back, has it seemed like it's been a year for you? No, no. As a matter of fact, I had almost forgot it was coming up, except that our episodes are numbered. And I was like, wait, 50, number 51. I was like, oh, wait, we're almost at a year. Like, it's just gone so fast. What has been the biggest change in your life in the last year? Oh, gosh, in the last year? Um, I mean, we all have the whole coming out of a pandemic change happening. So mm-hmm. that's probably one of the biggest changes back in the office full time, you know, all that good stuff. Just in general, life looks so different than it last year. And I'm just so glad that you're in it now in such a big way. Yeah. Well, I was in your life before. You were. In a different way. In a different way. That's right. Yes. So this last year has really been a chance for me to get to know and love you even more. (laughs) Podcast family, some of you may um, have heard some of our episodes. You know that Tara and I have known one another for about four years. Our relationship started Uh, with me being her indoor cycling instructor. I was an indoor cycling instructor at a local studio here, and Tara was one of my 5 a.m. regulars. The roosters. Yeah, the rooster crew. (laughs) That's Uh, right. And we bonded over our love for 90s hip hop. That's right. You always had the best playlists. I miss that. I do, too. I mean, we still talk about music all the time, but I do miss having you as my coach on the bike. (laughs) <laughs> well, we ha- kept we found a way to stay in one another's lives. That's right. With this podcast. So our origin story, for those of you who aren't familiar with how motherhood in black and white began, a little over a year ago after George Floyd's murder last May, Tara and I, um, along with some other local moms, launched a nonprofit called Embrace Action. And this anti-racism advocacy and awareness group is committed to teaching and empowering parents to teach their kids about racism and understanding and diversity and inclusion and all of these things. And as a part of that work that we were doing with this nonprofit, we realized that we had some stories to tell and stories to share. And so um, we launched that nonprofit June 8th, Mm -hmm. 2020. That's right. And a couple weeks later, we were sitting at Lazy Dog Restaurant. That's right. And did you order Diet Coke? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I ordered something a little stronger. Mm-hmm. And we talked about putting on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so when we first got together, socially distanced, that's right, on the couch here at my house for our teaser episode, mm-hmm. something amazing happened. It did. We clicked. We did. 
We knew we would. Obviously. I mean, I wasn't surprised. For sure. <laughs> I was surprised to learn some things about you that I actually had absolutely no about, no idea about. Which things? I did not realize that you were in recovery. Oh, yes. That is something, yes. So we did have an episode where we talked about that. And so for a lot of women who are in positions where the demands of motherhood can seem to be a lot, it can yeah. be exhausting, yeah. get to a point where it's like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to just go ahead and reach for a glass of wine. Yeah. And for me, I do a gut check sometimes. There are members of my family who struggle with addiction issues. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to stop drinking for a few months and see what happens there. Yeah. But then, you know, my husband comes home with a case of Snoop Dogg wine <laughs> and that's out the window. Well, Here I mean, I I'm trying to support Snoop Dogg. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we do is about supporting right. Snoop Dogg and Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah, that's it. So I'm going to sip on this Snoop Dogg Red Blend by 19 Crimes while we have this conversation. And I didn't see what's in your cup. So for me, I just have my very favorite English breakfast tea in Ooh, my cup. You're so fancy. I am a little fancy. I, I do like fancy. But um, so my story on that is I actually don't drink at all. Oh, really? Th that's correct. So I, um, a little over 19 years ago, I stepped into recovery. I'm an alcoholic and cannot drink what? normally. So I don't. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful. I've got a lot of recovery on board and, and I feel like I have recovered from that, you know, and I do it a day at a time, but I was sober several years before I became a mom. And then when I became a mom and as Gage got older and I started kind of getting into those mom circles, I really started to notice this mom wine culture. And that was from episode 12, Mommy Wine Culture. Oh, man, that was a long time ago that we talked about that. <laughs> it was. And if you are just joining our family sometime in 2021, you got to listen to some of our older episodes. You will learn some really interesting things. You got to get to know us a little better. Yes. Mm -hmm. So dive in, have a podcast-a-thon. Mm -hmm. But let's take a moment to not only uh, share our favorite episodes, but let's share our three most downloaded episodes this year. Yes. Okay. So what do you think, podcast family? Do you think you one of your top episodes has made the list? Let's kick it off, Tara. What is our third most listened to episode? Our third most listened to episode is Positive Parenting with Alexis Maycock. Oh, that's such a phenomenal episode. It's a really good episode. I mean, obviously, we both love Alexis. We actually know her in real life. Yes. And she's amazing. Alexis is also one of the nonprofit volunteers mm -hmm. on the leadership team with us. Mm -hmm. And she has her own blog, and she is a positive parenting strategist, parenting two girls. Yes. So we invited her to come on this podcast and share with us how we could become positive parents. That's right. And do you remember, my favorite part about that one was that the first thing was that Gage was in trouble that week. So it was perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I tell a little story about what was going on with Gage that week. And even outside of the physical punishment, I think too, that generation used a lot of like shame and mm. fear to make you act a certain way, right? Yeah. There weren't conversations about the whys and the hows and then this is, it was like, you're a bad kid, you're a bad, you know what yes. I mean? You're doing it wrong. This, that. We were very conscious of that, Jason and I both have engaged being like, could we be more conscious of the words we use mm -hmm. and how we come at this and that and that was the hard part with this situation because Jason and I's first 
it's like he's a reflection of me out there and exactly I, I have felt a certain way about it and exactly. I had to like be like no this isn't personal you know what I mean it was it was tough like we had to take a minute before we sat down engaged and like really talk it out and then what I loved about Alexis's conversation is we all three talked about how we were raised and the way discipline was sort of, sort of doled out for us as kids and the whole point of positive parenting was to um, create a different way to teach our children and discipline them in a more positive way so that there was more respect in the relationship. And and we all really, really dug into that. Yeah, I like that we were able to share that the three of us kind of were raised under an autocratic rule. Yes. And hearing her tell this strategy about positive parenting kind of is changing my experience as a mother. And I love that. And I love that she shared that time and that philosophy with us. Same. Positive parenting is a parenting style. And it was actually introduced in the 1920s in the U.S. by two Austrian psychotherapists and psychologists. Positive parenting is really all about maintaining a relationship with your child, the parent to child, and also making sure that there's a positive outcome even through challenging situations. There's five principles that kind of are the core of the lifestyle and what you're kind of guided by. One is empathy or empathetic leadership. Mm -hmm. The second one is positive discipline, non-punitive. Okay. The third one is attachment, healthy attachment, respect, proactive parenting, and that involves effective communication. Is there anything that you would want to say to encourage someone who may be having a difficult time this week parenting or or who may be dealing with some bad behavior by one of her children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just anybody. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. We're asking for a friend. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge. What would you say to encourage <laughs> that person? I would definitely say um, give yourself some grace. It is a journey. And I know that's kind of a cliche phrase, but it truly is. And just take it one step at a time. You're going to have moments where you're going to get it right and you're going to get it wrong. An apology is a beautiful, amazing, wonderful thing. And it works for kids just as well as adults. So if you have a moment where you responded in a way that, you know, you probably shouldn't have, apologize. Apologize. It's a great opportunity to teach your kids about how to do that, about how, what do I do when... I respond in a way that I shouldn't. You're learning right along with them. And I think if we're a little bit more gracious with ourselves as parents, and we're a little bit more vulnerable with our kids and kind of showing them that, you know, yes, we do it all, but we really can't do it all. And they get it. They get it in their own way. Yeah. So, And so episode 29, Positive Parenting with Alexis Maycock, that is our third most listened to episode this last year. That's right. Okay. The second is maybe our most controversial, which was titled Cancel Mother's Day. Was that Cancel Mother's Day with a question mark or an exclamation point? <laughs> well, you put an exclamation point on it when we had that discussion. So with that one, it was a discussion as to whether or not we should cancel Mother's Day. And it was the first time, I think, that you and I actually disagreed about something. We did. We disagreed and we came at that from two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the history of Mother's Day. And because our podcast episodes release on Sundays, 
it actually did release on Mother's Day. And it was great to see and hear some of the feedback that we received from some of our listeners who tended to agree with me. (laughs) It's true. They did. We saw a lot of that. We in America and in other countries around the world have become increasingly materialistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we get back to our original intent to honor and celebrate mothers, it's not necessarily a bad idea to have a special day where we honor and recognize them. Yeah. Us. Yeah. But what has happened is it has become a Hallmark holiday Mm -hmm. where people are sending cards. People are buying flowers, making the 1-800-Flowers delivery people's day (laughs) promise (laughs) and spending a lot of money, making a lot of phone calls. Yes. Mother's Day is the day the most phone calls are made like out of the entire year, Mm. which I mean, we make two of them. So I understand (laughs) at least two of them, honestly. And it's a good time because it centers our focus Mm -hmm. collectively on moms and what we contribute to society. Yes. But my fear is that we will start to then only do it one day of the year. Mm -hmm. And people are making this really big deal of this one day. And I think that when you shine that light on that day, it takes away from everything we do the other 364 days of the year. And on leap year, 365. (laughs) (laughs) I would weigh on the side of let's remove this as a holiday from the calendar because Mm -hmm. for me, I think it adds more stress to my life and maybe some lives of women I know than it does good and benefits them. I was never like felt super pressured to perform for certain things. So while Mother's Day was a holiday, if I wanted to get something, I did. If I didn't, I didn't. You know, it was just, it was never a thing that I felt pressure about. It was always just a nice day to remember to at least say Happy Mother's Day to my mom. And so I just, I guess I don't feel that kind of pressure. So for me, I mean, it's nice to have a visible day that you at least call your mom on the phone. Just It's just a nice day to remember that. Hopefully you do it all the time, mm-hmm. clearly. But sometimes we're busy and, you know, it's a nice little reminder, like, you know what, I do need to call my mom or whatever. And um, so I guess for me, I just, I don't feel that pressure. And that was episode 42, Cancel Mother's Day, which should have come with an exclamation point. (laughs) Our second most listened to episode over the last year. Can I hear an amen? And here is what has been our most listened to episode by a landslide by a landslide which one is that here the work-life balance myth also an exclamation point big exclamation point and the work-life balance myth episode was featured by apple podcasts and so that week i think definitely added to getting a lot of downloads and getting some new members to join our family it did and and a lot of the comments we got on social media were you know, people really appreciated us showing and saying out loud that work-life balance is not real. But yeah. It is a myth. <laughs> yeah. Both of us are working parents. Yes. And both of us, for the majority of our parenting experience, have worked outside of the home. And so I think it was really important for us to talk about our experiences and whether or not we have been successful in this quote-unquote balancing act of parenthood. Right. And if you remember, you coined one of my new favorite sayings, which was work-life blend in that episode. Ooh, let's take a listen to this, my favorite clip from that episode. What I tried to do, especially last year when we were working remotely, 
and parenting and teaching and living through the unknown with the pandemic was to reframe the way I was looking at it. I didn't really want to look at it like work-life balance. I like what you said with the Adam Grant quote, a work-life rhythm, but taking the B from balance, what what would it look like if I said it was a work-life blend? Because we got in situations where you and I were working remotely, so we were still working from home, so we had to find a way to integrate work into our home life and blend it so that we were able to continue working but still find a way to separate it, which was hard because I was like, I'm working on my couch, I'm watching TV on the couch, and I'm eating dinner on the couch. Everything is just happening here on this couch right here. Right. But that's what I think represented a big challenge for me. And so those are the three most listened to episodes from the very first year of Motherhood in Black and White. Yes. Did you think those would be the top three episodes, Tara? Uh, No, I was kind of surprised, especially because two of them were pretty close together. I think they were back to back weeks. So it was interesting that we had such a bump in listening those couple of weeks, which was kind of exciting. But that's not the one I would have chosen. Okay, I love how you have perfected the art of the tease. (laughs) That's what I'm good at. Your husband may also agree with me when I when I say (laughs) that. (laughs) But so let's I would love to know. Of our 50 plus episodes this year, what has been your very favorite episode, Tara, and why? My very favorite episode was What About Your Friends? When we talked about multicultural and interracial friendships. Mm. And if you remember, we had that conversation and then we we did some guest spots on a couple of other podcasts and had that same, you know, that was just a conversation we had a lot there for a few weeks. And um, I just enjoyed it so much. I felt like you and I got to know each other even better. We talked a lot about growing up and experiences we had in, in those kind of friendships. And it was just one of my favorite conversations with you. We were able to share the conversation about how you and I are both unicorns. That's right. Because of our cross-racial friendship. And we talked about that. And like you said, we talked about it on a couple of other episodes Mm -hmm. with Emily Siegel, The Connected Mom, Mm -hmm. and her podcast, Connected Mom Life. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about it with Sonnet and Veronica. That's right. On their podcast, Not Your Mother's Podcast. Not Your Mother's Podcast, that's right. And each time we had these conversations uh, about cross-racial friendships, I think everyone was surprised and shocked by the same statistic. That's right. Really? That's right. Yeah, so let's take a listen into the statistic and a part from that episode. But you as a white woman are a unicorn because three out of every four white Americans say that they don't have a single non-white friend in their social network. Three out of four. Three out of four. 75% of white Americans do not have a non-white friend. And this survey that was conducted by Robert P. Jones of the Public Religion Institute, in that survey... They identified a friend as someone with whom the participant had discussed important matters in the last six months. And, you know, you and I discuss important matters daily, weekly. (laughs) Check our text feed. So so clearly we are friends. So you are not a part of this 75%. So the episode, What About Your Friends? Uh, We took the title from that TLC song. That's right. Of course we did. Of course we did. Episode 27 is Tara's favorite from this year. And my favorite episode from the year that we have been together, Tara, has to be 
the very first episode that we did. Doing the best we can, y'all. Doing the best we can, (laughs) which coined our hashtag. So when we first got together last July and we sat in my living room, socially distanced on the couch, you were the first person I had seen in probably three months. We talked about that. We did talk Mm -hmm. about that. And that episode will always be my favorite because we had no idea what we were doing. No. Still don't. Didn't know what we were going to talk about. Nope. Nope. But we really got a chance to know each other. Yeah. And we shared that you and I had known each other from riding bikes together in a dark room at five <laughs> in the morning. And there was some kind of like a surface level uh, friendship there, right? Yes, right. But that day, I just felt like we connected in a way that I've connected with very few adult women in my life. Um, and it was beginning of something truly special. Like, I can't even put into words the mysticism of things that happened in 2020, Mm -hmm. right? And in the midst of all of that chaos and uncertainty and and challenges, you know, we created something really beautiful. And no matter how many years we go with this podcast, it'll be something that we can share with our sons and our family and and can continue to pass on into something that I will forever be proud of and most proud of the fact that I'm sharing it with you. You're about to cry. Uh, Girl, don't even look at me right now. (laughs) I love that episode. I feel the same way. I mean, we were sitting socially distanced, but right across from each other. And I just remember thinking like, it was so easy. It just made complete sense. I felt charged and energized just being in the room with you. It was amazing. Because ultimately, we as moms are trying to, in many ways, make decisions that are best for our kids. Mm. And we don't know if those are the right or the wrong decisions. And sometimes I just feel like I'm closing my eyes <laughs> and I'm throwing a dart at the dartboard and hoping I hit the bullseye, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I honestly feel that that's it. We're just trying to do the best we can for our kids. Right. And we continue to be in the room with each other and still liking each other. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. You know, one of the things that a lot of people have asked me this year is if we fake this chemistry. <laughs> People have asked me if we like each other. We really like each other. And our producer has asked us if we could like have more tension in our relationship, right. disagree a little bit more, um, if we could have some moments where we didn't 100% make this a love fest. That's absolutely not because it's just who we are. It is just who we are. As you can tell, and we've alluded to several times, we don't write this out word for word. So when we sit here across from each other, what often happens is you ask me questions that I don't know you're going to ask me. I don't know I'm going to ask you. (laughs) Or I ask you questions that you don't know. So it's not like we set it up. So everything you're hearing, folks, this is real time. We really do pretty much agree on those things and vibe like this. But I think that that's the beauty of the premise of this podcast. So when we started the podcast, we were dealing with a lot of the racial reckoning in America and having conversations with so many moms realizing that we were going to have different parenting experiences and perspectives solely on the fact that you are raising a white son Mm -hmm. and I'm raising a black son. And both of them are entering adolescence and what that's going to mean and how we're going to do it. What I have found so heartwarming about our journey together, Mm -hmm. Tara, is that we've uncovered so many similarities. And so often people are like, oh, it's going to be different because I'm black and she's white, or it's going to be different because I'm Muslim and she's Jewish, or it's going to be different because I'm raising girls and I'm raising boys. But what we have learned and what we have shared, especially with other guest moms, is it's pretty much all of us 
in this journey, hashtag doing the best we can. That's right. So that's why doing the best we can is and probably always will be my favorite episode. (laughs) These are not easy decisions that any of us are making, but we're making the decisions that are in the best interest of our kids. Absolutely. We're just doing the best we can, y'all. We're just doing the best we can, y'all. We're just doing the best we can. That's going to be our tagline, I think. Can it be our tagline? (laughs) I I think we need a tagline. We're doing the best we can, y'all. How you doing? We just doing the best we can. (laughs) I love it. I love it. We found it. So we've talked a little bit about some of our favorite episodes. Let's talk about some of our favorite guests. Mm-hmm. So recently, we've had a few episodes where it's just been you and me, Tara, which is basically all we ever need. That's right. But this journey would not be complete if we didn't acknowledge some of the amazing and incredible guest moms who have come on to share their perspective. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Alexis Maycock from the Positive Parenting episode. Right. A couple of others of our favorite guest moms were... Julia Dennison from New York City. Yes. Yes. The editor of Parents Online Magazine. That's right. We loved having her on. She talked to us a lot about, we discussed the mental load of parenthood with her, and she was in a co-parenting situation and really shed some light on what that looks like for her. I co-parent with her dad, who lives about 10 blocks away, so not that far. Maybe it's like a 10-minute walk. We divorced or separated when she was one, so when she was pretty young, but we met in college and we're really good friends, so we get along really well. So I really try to kind of co-parent well, so to speak, where we, you know, we'll still go to the zoo together and we split the time between us 50-50 very equally. So she's currently with her dad right now, which is why I'm able to be doing this podcast, because (laughs) otherwise, I mean, talk about juggling in the mental load. I mean, I don't know how um, I'd be able to do half the things I'd be able to do if I was a full-time single mom. So mad respect to full-time single moms out there. And we also, you know, jumped into some pop culture like we do. Like we do. I'm going to go back to watching Selling Sunset. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That's a good one. That's another show I'm probably going to have to put on my list. So I'm going to share with you, uh, Julia, Tara made me watch Down to Earth with Zac Efron. That's what she recommended. And I thought it was terrible. So (laughs) you know what, though? I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I'm still tempted. So. But will you? So I mean, can you watch one episode, Julia? So just try one episode. Okay, thirty you, minutes. You have been cut off. I'm now going to my new friend, Julia. Julia, I need you to recommend a show for me to watch. Um, what do you say? So you say Selling Sunset? Is that? Oh something? no. Don't make that my recommendation. No. I mean, like, yes, that's what I'm going to go watch. But I'm like, that does not. That does not sound very smart. And that episode, episode nine, Carry the Load, came out right after the passing of Justice Ginsburg. Mm. And we did talk about Justice Ginsburg and her legacy as well. We talked about Justice Ginsburg's death with another one of my favorite guests and my dear, almost lifelong friend, Sabrina Parsons. That's right. We were speaking about how we can achieve equality. That's right. Serena Parsons is a CEO of a tech company, and she shared with us some really important tips for women, especially women in the workplace, who may be struggling or challenged with finding a career or finding their voice in their workplace. Mm-hmm. Sabrina, one of the things that I loved uh, when Kanji told us we'd be interviewing, I was reading some of your information on your website and some articles you've written. I love the thought of the integration of a working mom 
where it doesn't have to be kind of what I spoke about earlier. It doesn't have to be compartmentalized, right? Where when I'm at work, I'm only at work and I don't have kids. And then when I'm home, I have kids and I don't work. I'm full-time mom. You know, it had to be separate. And I love that you were able to show that it can all be the same. You can you can be authentically yourself in all areas of your life without having to, you know, push one to the side. And I and I just want to thank you because those the information that you have out there, those articles that you've written about the integration of the working mom. I, I love that. Oh, thank you. And and it is, I mean, it is definitely something that um, came with being a working mom, right? It is the only way that I could make it all happen and make it all work. And it, it just, I had to embrace it because this idea that there's balance, there's not balance. No balance, <laughs> like, never. There's, there's, <laughs> Like, it's like, and I feel like that's, again, something else pushed upon women. Find your balance. What balance? You know? And and instead to be able to say, I'm just going to integrate it all. And, you know, I have some great memories with my sons. As they got older, when I would travel for business, I would take one of them with me (laughs) so that we had one-on-one time. And so all three of them have done it with me. Um, the 10 year old can't wait for COVID to be done because I stopped traveling and he's younger and he hasn't had the experiences that my boys have had, but um, they have come and they have been at boots at software technology conferences with me. They have sat in the back of the room when I'm doing a speaking engagement. And every time that I would bring them when they were younger. I mean, now they're the teenagers. Probably I couldn't get them to come with me anymore because <laughs> mom's not cool they're anymore. Right, right. You're still cool, Brina. <laughs> but I, I definitely learned that what I needed to do when I traveled is not apologize that I was going to bring my sons. And I would tell people, and it was very, I would be very fearful at first mm. when I would tell a conference organizer or, you know, Hey, I'm going to have my son on the trade show floor. Um, at the beginning, I was afraid of what I was going to hear and overwhelmingly people loved it. People Mm, would say, I "I wish I had done that. Why didn't I bring my kids? This is so great. And what I remember about with Sabrina's conversation is it was sort of the first time we touched on the work-life balance myth. You know, she discussed a term that I really liked, which was work-life integration. Mm-hmm. I remember that that really hit home for me. I, I enjoyed that part of our conversation. She was, she was so lovely to talk to. And then one of my favorite, I mean, obviously we remember my fangirling over Megan Spawn and Stacey Billis in our episode for Mom, What's for Dinner? Yes, the co-hosts of Didn't I Just Feed You? That's right. That's right. I'm a huge Megan fan. She's a contributor at The Kitchen, and I've followed her for a while. And so talking to her and Stacey about not just, you know, how we feed our kids in our house, but we also had a really interesting conversation about privilege and what that means at the dinner table for various families and how people often get stuck on feeling like they have to feed their families the perfect meals when really just rice and some protein does the trick. You know, it doesn't always have to be what it looks like on TV. You know, I do want to circle back to what Megan was saying about the food media and all the messages that moms are bombarded with, because there's another aspect to this that we haven't talked about that I think is important to talk about, which is Mm -hmm. that family food media in particular is really dominated by middle-class, upper-middle-class white women. 
That includes right. me and Megan. Yes. So For I sure. think it's really important to put it out there that a lot of the advice that even I've given over the years, I'm sure Megan would say the same for her, really comes from this place of having enough money to, you know, have your 12 exposures and then they'll eat it. <laughs> you know, not every family feels comfortable or able to put something on a child's plate 12 times over when they know <laughs> their kid is going to be yeah. like, that's gross. I refuse to eat it and then throw it in the trash. All right, Tara, go ahead. The timing was so perfect because I, biscuits are my love language. <laughs> they are Mine too. my love language. And Megan, I have looked up your biscuit recipe on the kitchen so many times and I'm always so intimidated to try it myself. I just, I'm like, nope, I don't think I can do it. And then just a couple of weeks ago, you guys did a whole episode on how to make those biscuits. <laughs> and I was like, this timing is perfect because I, I am in love with that recipe. The pictures are amazing. I've never been courageous enough to try it. But after listening to the episode and then watching biscuit after biscuit on the Instagram feed, I'm like, I'm going to have to do this. So while I have you, Megan, yes. <laughs> tell me, what is, what is the one thing that I need to know when I go into this endeavor? Okay. I love biscuits. And it's, of <laughs> course, the reason we did, we waited actually a really long time to do the biscuit episode because I owe everything I know about Southern food and in particular biscuits and fried chicken mm -hmm. to a black woman. And I did not want to have a conversation and not include her. Although now our recipes are so different, but I think that that's like, I will get to the point of like the one most important thing to know. But I think that's like a really important thing to acknowledge is like, Biscuits come from enslaved folks cooking for other people. Mm. And so when you think about that, biscuits were being made long before we had the beautiful ovens that we have now, long before we had commercially made biscuit cutters. And so you really kind of can't mess them up. And I think thinking about that as you're making them and trying not to be too precious about them will actually make for better biscuits. The biscuits want you to be a little bit hard on them. They want you to fold them a little bit, be a little rough with them. And then they want to be like cozy next to each other in the oven when you bake them and they will help each other rise. Megan, you made the biscuits sound like my husband. I mean, that was a love story <laughs> that I am never going to forget. <laughs> my husband wants the exact same things. I Even am... the folding. He totally <laughs> wants that. Totally. In episode 34, Mom, What's for Dinner? with Stacey Billis and Megan Splon is one of um, our favorite episodes, not only because Tara got to completely fangirl with Megan <laughs> and her obsession with biscuits, so we all know that. That's right. Uh, but because it was just always nice to expand our mom friend circle with two amazing moms, uh, co-hosts of that podcast. Um, we did behind the scenes ask our producer who has been with us this entire journey. Yes. What his favorite episode has been. Um, and for those of you in the podcast community don't realize this, our producer actually does double or triple duty. In addition to fanboying Tara, <laughs> y'all, so podcast family, 
Our producer and Tara have this unique and beautiful love affair, which is so wonderful to watch behind the scenes, but also a little awkward because our producer happens to be my husband. (laughs) Listen, I'm in your house a lot. We're family now. You are family now and forever. And so my beloved husband, uh, we asked him what his favorite episode has been because he has heard the good, the bad and the ugly. And Oh my goodness, there has been so much ugly. Some of it has made it into the outtakes at the ends of our episode, but so much more of it has not. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. And his favorite episode is episode 38. When we recorded during the month of Ramadan with Dr. Shazia Anwar, and we talked about what it's like to raise Muslim kids in America. And that conversation was enlightening on so many levels because again, it had given me, and I think you as well, Tara, the opportunity to adopt a different lens and to see and share and hear her experiences. And aside from Dr. Anwar being an incredible human being, an accomplished doctor and therapist and mom, she shared some heartbreaking stories of what it was like raising Muslim kids in America. Can you just share with us maybe some challenges you've had raising Muslim children in a largely Christian society, as we know the U.S. kind of shows itself? Right, right. So the good thing is that Islam is one of the Abrahamic faiths, as Mm -hmm. um, you may know. So whether it's a Christian, Jewish or a Muslim society or any other society that believes in supremacy of one God over people, it's pretty easy to navigate through those because the challenges will be quite similar. But the biggest and the darkest challenge, I would say, was the Islamophobia wave. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was blatant, dark lies about us, about our faith, and how we were not ever given a chance to even speak for ourselves, right? Right. And we protested against those ugly things happening. They would never be shown on TV and stuff. Things are much better. But I remember those days, my goodness, it was really hard. Kids will come home crying. Somebody had said bad words to them. And, you know, how do you explain? Every day was a counseling session. Mm, yeah. yeah. Quite heavy, quite problematic. But things have, I think, calmed down a little bit. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Because the height of Islamophobia after 9-11 was when your children were young. Yeah. Can you share with us some of the challenges you may have encountered and some of the ways you explained some of the misconceptions about Islam and Muslims to your children and what that felt and looked like for you. Yeah. So as a Muslim, I believe that people plan, but God has a plan also. Hmm. So the good thing that came out of this Islamophobic, you know, dark clouds was that people did reach out to their neighbors. And we also took a little bit more initiative to talk to our neighbors about this, what is happening. It wasn't always easy. People in the school, they, you know, they would sometimes not even look at you. They don't want to talk about it. They would call your children terrorists and then you talk to them. They will refuse. So it was a whole fiasco of things going on. I remember um, my children used to come home and they were quite young. And, you know, it was very hard to explain to them after somebody, you know, in like, third or fourth grade calls your son a terrorist, right? Right. First you have to calm down the son, then you have to calm yourself down, then you try to speak to the teacher. And you know what? These dialogues were very new. People were hesitant to even like open these dialogues. So it, it was it was some, you know, some journey, I, I would say. It was very hard, very hard. And for the children, uh, 
it was like things that they had never never talked about or understood right, right. that why are people doing these to us right suddenly like, why is there is so much shift and this is my friend and suddenly the mom said you can go and see them and uh, yeah it was it was challenging yeah but i definitely say it has eased down yeah okay what is sharia sharia is islamic law and islamic law is given by god who is the creator of the universe if you can use god's clean fresh air and enjoy the blue sky in the morning and have uh, you know the sunshine that grows our fruits and vegetables and give us life why can't he tell you how to navigate through this world so we can have equal rights mm-hmm. so islam is all about equal rights boundaries how each life is honorable we cannot encroach upon people's rights mm, right yeah so this is about sharia sharia also if i can take another few seconds to say the goal of sharia is preservation of intellect mm. preservation of life preservation of your religion preservation of family and preservation of wealth so it is those five broad categories i find them beautiful i teach them to my students a lot that you don't have to be a scholar in islam <laughs> but these five principles will take you very far in life islam says don't drink alcohol muslims drink but what we say is islam says do not drink because we need to preserve our intellect mm. so these are you know nice kind of rules that i really like them they're simple yeah this is sharia Thank you very much for explaining that because I know that I've heard a lot about Sharia law but I'd never heard it explained as clearly and as succinctly as you just did. So I am so appreciative for you. Thank you for taking the time because you're you are a teacher at heart. The conversation with Dr. Shazia Anwar filled my cup in so many ways. I mean it was it was in the top 10 for me for sure as well. Yeah. I will say that Tara our producer aka my husband corrected me as he often does <laughs> and reminded me that that was his favorite guest but his favorite episode overall was probably the funniest and funnest episode that we did which is our top 5 TV moms. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, and that was episode 6. Mm. So podcast family, if you haven't listened to the TV mom episodes, that's also a fun one. We talk a lot about our favorite TV moms growing up and you can learn more about Kanji what TV we were watching as a kid. Tear one of your favorite TV moms. Sure did surprise me and podcast family. I think it will surprise you as well. The last year has been so many things, but the one thing I will say is a uh, memorable. You have left an indelible mark on not only on my heart but also on our entire podcast community. I will share with you that so many of my family and friends come up to me or text me and call me and and just ask about you like mm. you are not just my family you are my family's family and as i've mentioned before you are the daughter that my mother never had <laughs> so we just love you it's it's just who you are your spirit is infectious and your energy is so positive and you are just a, a light that i am fortunate that you've been willing to kind of shine your light in my presence and i feel like i bask in the glow of you every single week there When you sit across from me and say things like that, I just want to just fall apart, Conch. And pot <laughs> and podcast family falling apart right now with what she's doing. <laughs> no, I mean, of course I feel the exact same way and it's the same for my family and my friends. Everybody asks me how's Conji? Have you talked to Conji this week? What's Conji up to? I talk about you more than I talk about myself these days with my friends and family. So it goes both ways and I just thank you for, you know, inviting me to be a part of this and 
come to your house every week and it's just part of my life now and you know you made a huge impact on me when I met you as a cycle instructor and so now I just consider you my life coach and I'm so grateful that I have this friendship and that we've taken this journey together. I am so grateful to you Tara and podcast family Tara and I are both grateful to our podcast producer Joey Salvia and most importantly podcast family this last year would not be possible without you. So to say we are grateful to you and for you is an understatement. We are humbly appreciative. And I hope that you continue to enjoy this journey with us for the next year and beyond, wherever it takes us. With that being said, Motherhood in Black and White is signing off year one in the books. In the books. And so tune in. We got a lot in store for year two. Thank you for being on this ride with us. Guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care, podcast family. So podcast family, our podcast was spotlit. Is it spotlit or spotlighted? uh, (laughs) Featured. Featured. Showcased. Showcased. Uh, Episode 41. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. It was spotlit. It spotlit that okay. It was it was lit up. It was, it was we was lit. lit. Up. We gonna change that word to showcased. That was lit. <clears throat> showcased. Oh, it was yeah. episode forty one, Joe. Mm-hmm. Episode forty one. Okay. Oh my gosh. And the work life balance myth episode, episode forty one. Mm-hmm. What's the sh- word? Sh- <laughs> No, it wasn't showcased. Featured. 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 You don't have to say Apple Canada. You can just say on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Okay. Perfect. We got it. And the work-life balance myth episode, episode 41, mm-hmm. was featured on Apple. Ba- <laughs> We're never going to do it. We got to get it, Joe. This is it. This is it. I got it. No, seriously. <laughs> These next two episodes will definitely keep you. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. That's okay. <laughs> We'll have more outtakes or work. That's right. It'll be fun for the anniversary episode. You got he it. He doesn't think it's not going to be fun for me. You got to live with this man. Like. I'll sing cookies. Okay. Oh, she did bring you a, a blender downstairs. Really? Yeah, now I got two of them. That's awesome. She's going to take it back, though. Okay. Yeah, I get you. Okay. Let me figure out what my favorite episode is. Kanji, let me explain something to you. What? You are a pro. At what? At all of this. Yeah. I got none of that. I'm just looking at you like, thank God. Thank God somebody's brain is working. You know your favorite one of her. You already said What is it? Pass the mic. I thought you saw it. No. No, she like that one. That's for old episodes. She just going to toss something else up, Joe. Gotcha. I t- did I talk about that the last one we just recorded? You did. You did. I called it my favorite? You well, said one of. You said you one said of your favorites. That was a lie. <laughs> she just wants an opportunity to bring um, it up. <laughs> I know my favorite one. What's your favorite, Joe? Let's ask him for the outtakes.